This is session two of the marriage and family and high value of the word course. Please ensure you have your notes and a pen ready as we now continue. Fathers, parents, spouse to spouse, with the joy set before you, serve your spouse. Which means I exist to benefit you. Imagine both husband and wife exist that way. With every preoccupied thought, when I wake up this morning, how do I serve my wife well? Can I give you a few insights for myself personally? I think about it, I almost count the grains of sugar on the spoon. Because I know how much sugar my beloved likes in a coffee. It's serving her. If I'm serving it, it's take two spoons, you don't like it, dump it. <laughs> No. How do you like it? When do you like it? And I serve you. And you serve with joy. Because Jesus served with joy. Jesus can serve me. He's a great expression of love. He's drawn me into him with cords of life. Which means because he serves me, it reels me into intimacy with him. You want to be reality and intimacy with your spouse? Serve him or her. Wake up and say, Lord God, how do I benefit my wife? My husband, my children. How do I do that today? How does he or she like us something? What puts joy in their heart? How can I lighten their love? Not what when will they arrive and lighten my love? Jesus came and many didn't lighten his load. They had a load on him, but he still served. But he still served. But he still served. And so Paul says, I long to be with you that I may impart some good gift. Translation may say some spiritual gift or <coughs> the spiritual gift is always the word of God. In John 6, verse 63, thanks for you. Yes, just bring me some water. In John 6, verse 63, Jesus says, This is my words, they are spirit, they are truth, and they are life. And so when you impart, thanks for that. When you impart some good gift, you're imparting the word. We'll look at scripture today. There's only one thing that I speak in quicker. And it's not prayer and fasting. Whilst that's a good thing to practice. There's only one thing that I speak can quick can bring conception to. What's that one thing? The word of God. Friends, I laugh about the word of God. When you find the Word of God, you find a person in His name is Jesus. When you find Jesus, who do you find? You find yourself because you are one with and in that person of Jesus. So until I find Jesus and identify with Jesus, I never find myself. I'm living a pseudo. I'm trying to be something that really I'm not because the something that I am is found in Jesus with whom I am one. So when you find the Word, you must find a person in His name is Jesus. But when you find Jesus, the Bible says in 1 John 4 verse 17, just as Jesus is, so are you in this world. In your spirit, man. So you get identity, you get intimate relationship with God to the person of Jesus when you <coughs> fix your eyes on him. And so give focus to the word of God. So the importance of your gift is to impart the word of God. So we do believe and we trust that this course today will serve as a blessing to yourself in the area primarily of that that we'll speak into, which will be marriage and family. 
So this course will minister to, if you still have your notes with you, those who are married, probably to be married, in other words, single. From the age of 19, 18, to the age of 24, 25, did you know that you're making in and around 80% of your life-defining decisions? When you leave school, there's a sense what you're moving out of the covering of your household, you're now stepping out into a semi-independent lifestyle. Outside of the door of the home, you may be looking at a job, etc. You are making decisions from 18 to 25 that many of those will stay with you for the rest of your life. If not for the rest of your life, the consequences you may carry from them, of course, inside Jesus Christ, there's always a chance for restoration, <coughs> but some, probably some of that you'll carry with you into the future of your life. And so especially... If you have a school-leaving individual, get them into the Word of God. They're beginning to date. You don't want that to go wrong. You don't want that to go wrong. Show them the Word of God. God's Word is a success story. It's not a restrictive story. When you go to the Word of God, it opens up spaces. It doesn't restrict and suffocate spaces. It gives you the breathing space to live and move and have your being. In those earlier years, you're considering marriage, you're considering family, you're considering being a husband or a wife, you're considering being a parent, to have children, you're making business decisions, financial decisions, etc. I always said if I was president of a nation, I'm a graduate of a wonderful Bible college, and there's a few of those around you, called Karis Bible College, and I've emphasized this point across the world, we need a Bible college for school years. Preparation, upper bodily prevention is always better than cure. We always need cure. I've needed it in my life, no doubt you have. But prevention is better than cure. Even focus on the youth and the children in the church. And not just an addendum, an appendage, an add-on, an integral in the life of the church. Put some of your best team in the children's church and the youth. Because they are about to make huge life-defining decisions that affect their destiny and can rob them of a legacy. In those earlier years, you want to be in the Word of God. And they continue to that. So this calls for ministers to those who are still single, not yet married. Or maybe single because your previous marriage wasn't a success. <coughs> and if that's the case, well, wisdom is, I'm going to get the same result I did previously if I did it again the same way. The definition of insanity is to do things the same way but expect a different result. And I'll tell you a rather funny story that it's very serious and somber at the same time. I had a good school friend of mine who learned that I was passing about 15, 18 years ago. He phones me and says, Abraham, can you do me a favor? He says, I'm getting married. I learned you're a pastor. Can you conduct a wedding? He first said, can I marry them? I said, well, I'm married. I can't do that. I can't conduct a wedding. <laughs> so he said, yes. So I said, look, because I love and I care for people and I honor you, and I charge nothing for it, can you come for three or four counseling sessions? Because I want to be a good steward. Well, I'm going to stand before people and say, I now present your husband and wife. I want to discharge my duty. I want to be above reproach. So this individual says to me, he says, uh, look, he says it won't be necessary. He says, uh, there's not much you can teach me. He says, I've already been married five times. <laughs> he says, I've learned it all. 
Yeah. I don't know what to say. You know nothing. <laughs> you need to be a better life. So friends, in our lives, we sometimes make bad choices, make mistakes. But a bad choice, if the enemy may want to tempt you, but God can turn for good. I want to say this, whoever, whoever you're married to now, set a resolute, fixed attitude, and you go to every diary you have at home, and you take one word out of that diary. The word divorce. It does not exist in your vocabulary. We'll show you how you can be impression on your spouse, how God can use you to minister to your spouse. But you say, from this day forth, it was my first marriage, my second, my third, this is my last marriage. I'm setting that. And I'm working it from there. Thank you. Thank you. So the course for ministers to those currently married, those who wish to enrich their marriages, those whose marriages may be in trouble, hurting, abusive, or broken marriages. There's many marriages, friends. Maybe even amongst ourselves. And again, don't feel condemned. We'll be living in a harsh environment and an abusive or a neglective environment. It's not where you are today, it's where you can be tomorrow that's important. So we have an open heart now and say, I'm allowing the word of God to administer healing to me. I'm allowing the word of God to give me God's wisdom and knowledge on how to do a thing. Because until I know how to do a thing, I abuse a thing. You asked me to do this filming right now, I know a little bit about it, but I'm going to abuse that thing. I'm going I'm to mess it up. But once I've learned how to do something, I become a candidate for success. So even if I'm in a home environment now, be it husband or wife, and from that, of course, there's an overflow to the children and, and it affects them. So Lord God, from today onwards, strife and contention, abuse and harshness ceases. I'm allowing the peace of God to rule my heart. Amen. And the Word of God is a medicine. Yeah. It says He sent His Word to me, heal you. Yeah. You take the Word of God, healing comes. And you know that you function according to the level of your ailment or your sickness in your soul. So I'm harsh or abusive because my soul is wounded and hurting. Whereas my says hurting people hurt people. Yeah. And so I may be at that place. I'm not disqualified because I'm at that place. Become a candidate so God can requalify me to walk into the abundant intent that He has for my life. So don't matter where you are, you can be, can I say, the harshest individual on the planet seated here. I say, welcome to this place. We embrace you and we love you just as you are. Then allow the word of God to bring about the necessary change. So that can emphasize the same again, leave a legacy. We are children's children. <coughs> of course, of course, the minister, the people are divorced. That's not the unpardonable sin. Yeah. Okay? It's not the unpardonable sin. It don't exist. Yeah. In different shapes or forms, they all make mistakes. The most important thing in life is to learn from those mistakes and not perpetuate them. Yeah. You know, if I was with each other three stab wounds, and I know there's a whole lot of knives further down that road, I don't want to go down there. I don't want to walk into more wounds and more wounds and say, till this much and no further, now I'm redressing to release those lines that are stabbing. And I'm going to get healed. 
we'll go to this, if you're getting married a second or third time, don't get married until the healing has come. And you know by your conversation whether the healing has come or not. But get healed in the soul. Once you're wounded in that area, it takes time to get healed. Don't go charging on the rebound. The rebound, you're going to stumble and fall a few months a year or two down the road. Healing precedes everything. He came to heal you and then deliver you from all of your destruction. So healing first, not deliverance afterwards. We try and deliver people. The Word of God first heals. Because when I'm healed, my practice changes. If I'm injured and I go into marriage again, my practice is the same. So the word heals first, get healed first. Once you've got healing, your practice or your actions or your behavior changes subsequently. It's the fruit of the byproduct. If my behavior is still the same, now I know what the answer is. There's only one thing. I need healing in my soul. It's okay. Don't do all in some shape or form, different dimensions and measures, different areas of our lives. I may have a strength here, you've got a strength there. Well, you've got that strength, but I'm still needing healing, I'm going to get healing, so I can enjoy the same strength you've got. So it's a journey that we walk, but again, the Word of God is the key. Amen. We'll talk about parenthood and fatherhood, um, and there must every expression we'll trust, we'll touch on, as we teach from God's Word. God's Word's got so many dimensions to it. I love the Word of God, because it's, you cannot exhaust God's Word. You can go to the same chapter, in the same book and read that every single day. And if your heart's open to it, you'll come away with fresh revelation. I don't believe we scratch the surface of God's word in the lifetime. And some are profound teachers of God's word. But God's word is eternal. He cannot plumb its depths. So if I'm functioning outside of my spirit, man, I can read all that stuff, well, I've read that story. I was in Sunday school, I read that story 10 times, and it's like, park that thing one side. No. Then he read another 550,000 times. There's more for me to find in that scripture. The Word of God, you cannot exhaust. It's so deep and so wide. It's so long and so wide. Great, let's go to the next page. I did allude to this earlier, but let me just touch on it again. You may wish to teach this course in a church, a life group, a conference setting, a one-on-one, get the family around, get the children around. You may wish to do that, you're welcome to do so. Um, I spoke about uh, not charging people if you do invite them in. And I want to say up front, a huge shout-out and a huge thanks to our ministry partners. Have some partners that make content such, like, such as this possible. To put on something like this costs a lot of money. To take the message of the gospel to the whole world is that's the vision God's given us. God's given us a vision for the world, for every nation, tribe, and tongue. Who knows what a nation is? Not a geographical destination. It's an ethnicity group. So it can be Zulu, or Kosa, or German, or French, or English, or Afrikaans. Every nation, every ethnicity group, or every culture. I want to bring the culture of the kingdom into the culture of every expression across the world. Jesus has a heart for the world. And so the vision we have that God's given us is to go into all the world to make disciples of all nations as the waters come to the sea. 
the combination of Matthew 28, 18 to 20, Acts 1 verse 8, and Habakkuk 2 verse 14, that the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And so we want to thank some of you in attendance this morning for your partnership, for saying into this ministry, I want to say, I know what God has said, what God has called us in the hearts of people involved. At this stage in the ministry, this is good soil. This ministry is going to the world. You're going to store marriage and families and train pastors and leaders. It's going to teach the word of God. It's going to reach out into the business sector, into the educational sector, really doing that. And there's doors opening up all the while in that regard. And you are partners to make that possible. So thank you for partnering with us. You may feel you want to partner with us. We do have details on our website. And I think on the last page of this manual, we've got our ministry details and our banking details if you want to do that. We consider it a privilege and an honor that you'll team up with us that we're going to all the world and preach the gospel message, the good news of Jesus Christ. We do have what we call Pell BC, Pastors and Leaders Bible College. Uh, we're just beginning that now, where we train pastors and leaders, and there's a broad expression of that. There's some apostles, there's prophets, there's bishops, there's evangelists, and others that we train. By the word of God to equip them to function that the God has called them. And so this being the marriage and family teaching, for good reason, for those who may enroll with help, BC, for good reason, and we go to God's word, marriage and family is the starting point. And so we welcome all of our Pell BC students who are with us today. Can we put our hands together for them? And then to all in attendance, thank you for coming out. It's a long weekend, it's the middle of winter, it's a long way to drive. But thank you for coming out and trust that the reward of God's word will be a blessing for the sacrifice that you made. Encourage not to rush through the course. So, as I mentioned, you will be sent a PDF copy of the notes. So, the manager you have there, make copious notes on that. Anything God ministers to your heart, Take out a pen, just make some notes. Uh, even in your Bibles, you know, I, I like to make notes in my Bible and I highlight and underline things. Just remind you of things that God said. And so you can scroll on those pages, it can look like an ink pad when you finish that today. Because we will send you a fresh key if you can print fresh copies if you'd like to do so. Remember that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So what it means that faith comes, faith has reached its fullness only when, what is the final expression of faith? When does faith fully come? When I take a corresponding action and I walk and live it out. When I'm a doer of something, I'm something that functions in faith. Until I'm a doer, I may know it, but I don't yet believe it, and so I'm not walking it. Got that? So faith action, or faith that will appropriate to bring about a result in that area of my life, is that I'm saying, Lord God, as a husband, this is how it's to be done. And when I start doing it, I'm engaged in faith. You walk out in faith, God is watching over that thing to make sure it happens. But if I've learned something and I just leave it, I have knowledge, but I haven't released faith. Until I, re I release faith with a corresponding action, I'm saying, the Word of God says that. But as it is, that's what a wife is. Doesn't matter what my culture says. Doesn't matter what my mindset says. 
I am a new citizen in Christ Jesus. I have a new culture. I am born South African, but I'm not South African. I am, in my manness, in my spirit, I have the culture of heaven. I'm a new creation. When I embrace God's word, it can override and overcome my cultural persuasion that are holding me back and denying me the abundant access that God would have me walk in. So I'm a citizen of a new kingdom. What does that also mean? I did not have a generational curse on my life. The blood of Jesus Christ cut that. It don't matter where my earthly father was, my earthly mother, who she was an alcoholic. I have a blood that I've had cut that because I'm a citizen of a new kingdom. I have another father who supersedes the father that fell me on earth. And so when Jesus died at the cross, the curse was broken, says Galatians 3 verse 13. That curse was broken. I'm now the bloodline of who? Jesus. Is there any bondage there? Any captivity there? Any curse there? Any lack there? Any strife there? Any hardship or poverty there? That's my new identity. So now my old culture and in my culture, I need to lay something aside. That gets popped one side. It doesn't fit into the culture of the kingdom. So now when I walk in the culture of heaven, I'm now bringing heaven to earth. First heaven in and through me, and now to the earth that I walk on. Now I embrace the culture of the kingdom, the word of God. Uh, you're welcome to reach out to us uh, during or after this uh, course, and those who might be doing the course from homes. In other context, you can email us to marriage at foryourgroup.net. Uh, there is the option of doing a test for those who'd like to. So when you leave today, please be sure that our registration desk has got your first name and your surname, the name you'd like to see appear on the certificate that you're going with today. And so you may even write us to ensure we get the spelling right. We don't want to make an error there. And so if you had two or three or four names, can you choose one name as your first name? If you want to abbreviate to make it shorter, you can do so. But we will need your name and your surname. Vanessa, through the course of the day, is going to enter that. So make sure that you have registered with her and that she clearly has your name. And I'll also say this. Give us your cell phone number. We need some contact we can send the resources to. So we've got your cell phone, or even better, if you've got an email address, and if not, we can contact you by cell phone and send you some links that can give you access to these resources. Alright, we've got five minutes. Let's begin with the foundation and the high value of God's Word. So this course has its full focus on the Word of God and the Word of God only. My words, my persuasions, my biases are not going to help anybody today. The way I thought to do it, the way my ancestors did it, the way society tells me to do it, the way the counterculture is trying to impress upon myself to do it, I don't want to share any of that stuff. Because that's not going to help you. But the Word of God is going to be a better thing to you. And so how do we start? When you look at how do we progress into that that God has for us, there are sequential steps. So in other words, if I want to get from here to that soundness, I get there by taking the first, the second, the third, and the fourth step. If I try and jump past the first steps to get to that counter step, I'm going to pull a hamstring. I'm going to hurt myself. 
There's a journey, there's a course, there's a progression towards realizing the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So what's the first step? Until we settle this, friends, what I've done is I've left the cap of God's word that disallows it to penetrate my heart to bring about its product. And so what's that first step? Because until we take the first step, all the other steps, it's like if I have a, a glass of water here. Now I want to pour a good marriage into that glass of water. There are certain things that prohibit the Word of God getting into that glass. And what, <coughs> what is that first covering or canopy or seal? What is blocking the Word of God getting into my heart? Well, let's see what the scripture says. In Mark chapter 7, verse 13, it says this Jesus himself speaking. So he's referencing the primary context of the Pharisees, firstly. And what he says is this He says, You are making the Word of God of no or no or zero effect, which means nothing. No means nothing. So you have got the Word of God. But until I allow myself to make this first step, it says I make the word of God of no effect in my life. So I can be praying and fasting and trusting the name of Jesus. I can call fasting for three weeks and say, in Jesus' name, I want my marriage to be healed. If I haven't dealt with this first step, I'm praying amiss. And that's huge, friends. So we want something to transpire in our lives, but there's something that can prevent that. So Jesus says, He says, you're making the word of God of no effect. How or why or from what? By your traditions and doctrines that have been handed down to you by your predecessors or your ancestors. Friends, so we can be holding on to ways of doing things that come from our lineage, God, that maybe centuries. And we say we do that because that's how our culture has done it. Traditions and doctrines mean cultures, or nations, or ethnicity, persuasion. That's what that means. So if I'm holding on to my culture, my way of doing it, my earthly way, the way my parents did it, or my ancestors did it, I'm putting a canopy that disallows the Word of God to penetrate my heart. So I can even be in the Word of God, but I only accept the Word of God if I find comfort in it aligning to my culture. Friends, what we do is we take our culture and say there's a to the Word of God, if not we despise it. It goes. Why? Because we want the Word of God to be of effect in our lives. So all of us have a background. We have a family background. We have an ethnicity background. All of us. There's a cross-section here. We have people you have no doubt from Ghana or Nigeria or Zululand or KZN or France or England or Australia. God forbid because I want to be in the world cup of rugby at the end of this year. But wherever we're actually from, there is a shaping that takes place because of our cultural persuasions. All of us have that. There's no exception to it. But if I'm going to have the Word of God come into effect in my life, the first thing it says, and I'll show you in other scriptures after the break, the first thing it teaches, I'm going to make the Word of God in no effect and I'm holding on to my culture. And friends across the world, our nation included, across the world, people are holding on to their culture. You know that in the USA, there's a segment roughly half who call themselves Democrats. It's their culture. 
There's others who call themselves Republican. The Democrats at the moment have such a licentious policy. Yeah. I'm a Christian, but my cultural persuasion, my tradition, my doctrine, is I always vote Democrat as my father did, and his father did, and his father. I'm voting Democrat. Even though they're passing laws that destroy society, I'm Democrat. I'm making the word vote in okay. And friends, we do the same. I visit my life every once in a while. See, that's a persuasion, a cultural bias that I need to park a sign that the culture of the king, the abundance of the king, the life of the king, the life releasing power of the kingdom can override that thing that's holding me back. So I walk into the fullness of that that God's word for me. So, friends, when I share from God's word, you will receive the word of God to the measure of whether you're having a bias towards your culture of old and not your culture of new you're a citizen of heaven. We thank you for listening to this teaching and trust it was a blessing to you. Please go to the next teaching in the series hereafter. Should you wish to reach out to ourselves or should you have any questions please mail us on marriage at foryourgood.net should you want to know more about For Your Good Ministries, please visit our website www.foryourgood.net God bless as you enjoy the next session on marriage and family and the high value of God's Word.